Good morning, everyone. It's Sunday, January 21st. It's 96.4 Lippy Sounds. This is the big kickoff. Yes, once again, good morning, everybody. Liffy Sounds here, 96.4. This is the Big Cake Off with me, Dave, and my good man over there, Roy. Hi, Roy. Morning. How are you? <laughs> Listen, if you want to get in touch with us on the phone lines, it's 0870627138. If you want to email the radio, it's info, uh, info at ie or ourselves at the Big Kickoff 96.4 at gmail.com or Twitter or I think we're the Big Kickoff one on Twitter and then obviously the Big Kickoff on Facebook. What have we got coming up today, my man? We've Instagram as well. Oh yeah, Instagram, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a work in progress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we have we have a couple of people on. The Super Bowl yeah. starts. Well, the, no, the Super Bowl oh, starts. Sorry, the, all okay, the rest yeah. of it is just getting up to this moment. Yeah, we're the in the playoffs, play- baby. In the playoffs, and the Super Bowl is in three weeks' time. The final, two, two weeks. Is yeah. it two weeks? Yeah. So the conference finals are tonight. Week off next week. Ah, oh, do you know what I'm thinking? Three Sundays. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, yeah. yeah, like, yeah, well, you're, yeah, going, yeah you're going yeah, on American yeah, now. Yeah, Three yeah. Sundays away. <laughs> uh, so we have Nick Price on to talk about the ins and outs, where it is all at. And There's only one game we have to go straight to. Did you see any of the Saints and Vikings last week? No. Unbelievable. Anyway, was it? Yeah, we'll leave it at that for now. Yeah, Unbelievable. Bad. We also done Doc this week. Super news for me, no, but anyway. Been, it's been going on <clears> for a good while. We've yes. known about it. It's hardly a shock factor. Correct. But they've been taken over from Peak Six Sports. And we're going to have uh, Quivin Riley from the Dundalk Democrat, yep. the sports editor. from on the town. There. And we're going to have a little chat about exactly. what, what this means for the town, the club. and you know. Does he know a bit more about actually where it's going to go or what's the initial plans? Because obviously, as we've briefly mentioned, it probably will be a little bit longer than, say, let's throw loads of money and get into the Premier League really quick. Yeah. It's obviously going to be slightly... But anyway, let's see what Quivin has to say and what, what's going on. And we'll have a few of our own normal bits. Yeah. Anywhere? Would you like to start off anywhere? Wait. Anything? No. No, because we usually start with a song, don't we? <laughs> All right. We play a song, so. Professionals, the team it is. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I was like, uh, do you know why? Because I can't wait to get stuck into Alan Shearer. <laughs> play that right. song and let me calm down. <laughs> it was the Delorentos will stop. Yes, and welcome back. 96.4. Liffy Sounds here, the big kickoff. I always go Irish, and that was Delorentos with Stop. And speaking of Stop, Alan Shearer, Stop. <laughs> the right, lights. Get it off your chest. All right, hold on. This VAR, right? Yeah. Has to come in, personally. It's okay. progress. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, it went well the night before. The William, uh, is it, was it William that was taken down? Or yeah, or, well, yeah. Anyway, contact, schmontact. 
it's irrelevant. There's a bigger picture that obviously the refs look at. But anyway, f- typical footballers are only thinking about their little own personal little world. There was contact, it's Peno, Peno, NS, end of story, right? That's fine. No issues with that. But then Shearer just comes out, it's a shambles, we have to get rid of it. And it's over, in, as far as he's concerned. And he says there was contact and that's the end of it. Nine days previously, Liverpool played Everton on the Friday night and he's practically putting his hand across Morphy to prove that there wasn't enough to bring him down for the Peno against Liverpool. Yeah. So did that potentially might have happened And Williams? Absolutely. It could have ex- He was on his way down I'm not I don't care whether it was a penalty or not But it was just contact going, It's over There was contact End the story But Was it enough to bring him down? You didn't look at it mate You didn't look at it The thing is with VAR It's not going to clear up everything 100% mm-hmm. That's it People have to realise This it is not 100% It doesn't even do it in rugby It doesn't even do it in cricket There is still Unfortunately because of angles And this that and the, it's, yeah. it's, it's just going to make it better But it doesn't mean it's going to clear up if 100%, as you said, if over 100% of the decisions that at the moment in the box or anything like that, yeah. that they're getting 50% or 60%, it's, it's going, going to bring it up another 20% maybe. Yeah, exactly. There's always going to be ones that people are going to debate because someone's going to get a little nick and they're yeah. going to go down, which if you get kicked, exactly. fair enough. Exactly. You know, so there is, there's always going to be that. But just to write it off in one fell swoop, when the night before, was it Brighton got a peno that they didn't get? And what have you? Yeah. So it went, it went well, and it's done this. But he just went. Now listen, all the footballers are going to all contact definite peno. But if we look at it again another time ourselves, don't look at it. Who cares about the contact? Actually, look at the whole scenario and see potentially what the ref might have seen, and then see there's rules, and they have all the rules, and they the ref in the background isn't going to just go I'll contact peno. Yeah. Was he on his way down? Was it enough to bring him? They look at everything, and I think the what came back was it was kind of inconclusive. That it wasn't definite. So they're kind of hiding behind it a little bit, I think, because it probably should have been a penalty. But mm. as I said, it is, is irrelevant. It was just the way he came in, done, it's over, it's a shambles. And it's like, ah, come on, mate. There's more to it than that. But I have to say, Soccer Saturday yesterday, Matt Letizia made a decent point that he's, he just put it out there. It wasn't like this is the way it is, but I kind of see where he's coming from in the relationship. Because they're ex-referees, yeah. are they kind of always going to potentially side with the referee? Or he said, not all the time, but are they gonna potentially do you know the way you see Dermot Gallagher on a Monday yeah. and they do the ref watch yeah. he's never really said that's a terrible decision or that was this no, that was wrong never has no. it's always I think this is why he did it it's always kind of justifying no listen it's okay they can make a wrong decision and he's kind of imp- uh, implicating is that gonna happen a few times in certain decisions that right we'll hide behind the grey of it's inconclusive but when it comes up are they gonna protect each other so to speak when it, when it comes up that the, he wanted VAR mm. He's not really hiding behind the decision. He's asking them what is the Correct. right decision. So there shouldn't be a, a, that kind of yeah. protection for the referee. The referee is actually asking for yeah. help. It's just it was just something that Letizia brought up. And he says, "Would can that, would, do you reckon that might happen sometimes? Where oh, will we kind of look after each other? I'm not necessarily kind of go at exactly what he said just because he said it, but it, it was interesting the way they were talking about because obviously. It has to happen, in my opinion. But what what is the case in the William one? If it was inconclusive, now this is where it's another area I think altogether. If it was inconclusive and they weren't sure whether it was a pen or not, surely he could have said it's inconclusive. So maybe you should take back his yellow. Yeah, yeah. But then again, somebody had jumped. Well, if you take him back his yellow, well then he didn't dive. Why didn't you give the pen? You know what I mean? It's this wonderful fifty fifty. It's not. It's not as clear cut as it's a foul or it's a dive. Yeah. Sometimes. It mightn't be a foul. We have but, to write this one but off. But someone may get knocked over. Exactly. Look at you Brighton know. yesterday. Yeah. Two instances. One of them, your man, got a contact, took a step, 
wasn't going to get the ball dropped. Yeah. Didn't get the penalty. Perfectly fine. Or someone can nick the The second ball. one, he got tripped. He would have got the penalty. Yeah. I'd say they would have got 50-50 out. They wouldn't have got the two. So that's... It, it was just the way he just typical nah it's done he probably doesn't like it and he's waiting for the first mistake to kind of go nah it's enough it's gone well Tom Heaton was yes. talking about VAR and yeah, I thought it was Listen, interesting enough. let him at it I've been a yeah, VAR sort of fan really in terms of I, I... okay Tom See, doesn't want to talk it's because he's confused because he doesn't know what VAR probably Tom responds doesn't. video uh, 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 VAR <laughs> and then he's probably in his head going what's VAR stand for <laughs> I wish I knew what I was talking about. State looking yeah. at it from being Here we honest. go. Um, which, which can happen, you know, it's early days. That's probably one that the referee should have just got right without VAR. Yeah, get the maybe VAR so, yeah. There. He's just yeah. going to get that right, hasn't right. he? But He's what, made a bad decision there. The one I didn't, I didn't really enjoy was the night before where he did get it right. The Leicester-Fleetwood one where I know there's the play to the whistle argument where the linesman's flagged and the Fleetwood lads have sort of stopped. I'm not saying they would have they stopped the goal, but it went in. And then there's that moment of like, mm. we've scored, but it's being checked. And then there's no, yeah. there's no actual yeah. real celebration to yeah, it. And then, no oh, you've scored. Field. And it's like, yeah. And it's like, it, it lost it for me a little bit. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that's the way we want the game to go. And that was a correct decision. Mm. It, it is still dependent on the camera angle and, and, and a lot of things that are beyond anybody's control. You lose a bit of emotion as well, don't yeah, you? you don't you want know, to lose that. You don't, there's nothing better. That ball crosses the line and your instant reaction is celebration. Yeah. You know, the emotion, fans' emotion. You don't want to get to the point in the game where... Ball crosses the line, the stadium's silent while we wait for the video, and then it's a goal because that instant emotion's gone. Boo hoo, Danny Cadamardry. I actually have to agree. Yeah. Because I, I don't know if you want to, every time there's an incident and a goal, no, it won't be every time, yeah. but that you have to stop and wait, and then the, the enjoyment is taken out of goals. Mm. You know, so that, it's, a, it's, it's something that. I I was all for VAR, mm. like Tom Heaton said he was all mm. for. Well, we we got some some of the clip there, <laughs> video uh, uh, v, uh, uh, VAR. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I hope it just doesn't take away from yeah. the the celebrations of a goal because you know the burst of energy when you score a goal. Everyone is there. <coughs> this, on this occasion now it it can be very flat. Yeah, but I, I could. Absolutely, but at the same time, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, I think the way to do it is you kind of do it and go, right, lads, shut up for about a month. Let us at it. Let's see if it takes this. Let's see if it takes that. Because unfortunately, you'll never know until it goes. There's always going to be fears, and it's very easy to put out them fears, but we have to give it a true go for us to kind of go, yeah, no, or indifferent. But just to finish on it, as I said, we could maybe come back and do it ourselves and have our own little ref watch and really look at the incident. Because as yeah. I said, I think that very much tunnel vision in this one. Because you hear them be- all the time, every week. Once, once you feel contact, you go. Yeah. What? That doesn't, that's not justifying. That's basically saying, if I feel a breath, I'm diving. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's exactly what happened with William, but they're just going, oh, contact Penno. Yeah. I don't think anyone's really looking at it going, well, why did the ref and the VAR not see it? Yeah. No one's really sat back and done that yet. And that's why I'm kind of going, relax Alan Shearer or relax anybody. Have a proper look. And if it is still a penalty, I've no problem with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it does, uh, it does need time to settle in. Oh, 100%. So. And listen, the biggest stage in them all is coming up in the summer and they're going to have it as far as I know the World Cup, isn't it? The VAR is in the World Cup. Oh, yeah. So... You know, I put it this way: if Frank Lampard, he can't exactly complain about it because if I hadn't had, if I had, 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 had if I had been there in 2010, it'd have been two-two. Yeah. Now he still would have got Muller probably five-two, yeah, would you? Yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? Listen, it works for everybody. So I oh, know I think I think the idea is right there. Yeah. it has to. 
it needs to work better yeah. than it actually is at the moment. So, so see, should it start at lower tier football? I know oh, they can't afford it, but you pay for it then. Do you want to start at lower tier football and get the crap out of the way? Because you know yourself, footballers. But they've done it already. They've done yeah. it in youth competitions, international youth So they should set their not. stall out. This is what we're going to VAR yeah. for. Yeah. Because you know footballers, they love the grey area, they love to bend the rules. Of course they do, and they're always... They're probably already yeah. plotting, you know? But anyway, it's done, it's still going, we'll see what happens. Um, Cyril Regis. The legend that was, Cyril Regis. Yeah, passed away. Yeah. Good player, I yeah. remember him. I probably... Yeah. Did I see him more, more on his latter stage? I remember him football. mostly from Coventry. Yeah, that's me too. Obviously that's he was famous, too. well, West he started the, the trail with, uh, what were they called, the three degrees, him and two of the other lads, the guy, the Laurie Cunningham that went to Real Madrid and a another. They called them the three degrees after the, the Motown group. Yes. And they blazed the trail with West Brom. But I mostly predominantly remember from Coventry, to yeah. be honest. And obviously. Uh, but I think it was much more than just football. It was, it was, it, it was a time where, you know, equal rights. They would have got stick and then oh, some. Bad stick. You yeah. know, bad stick. Uh, have a listen. Absolute barnstorming centre forward. But I think that after his career, it was only then that the likes of Wright and Bright and players like myself, Andy Cole, realised what these guys did 20 years before, particularly in the sphere of combating racism, by getting their head down, by not being rabble-rousers, and by using their abilities to change people's opinions. I think if you go amongst many fans that had views of a racist nature 30, 40 years ago, and then they saw Cyril play, and then they changed their views and then embraced black players at their football clubs. I think that's the biggest testament to the man is that he never rose to the bait. Many of us have when we've been mm. conferences with racism in years gone by. He didn't. He got on with the game. He was an exceptional ambassador for the game in our country and particularly Midlands football. And I only saw Cyril around four or five months ago at West Brom. He had his little Peaky Blinders hat on, uh, <laughs> looking incredibly fit and healthy. And that's the shocking thing. He was a young-looking man with a very vibrant outlook on life, never, ever bitter at what he went through in his career. And there are many, many players, it's not just black footballers, that are absolutely devastated today. That was Stan Collymore. Yeah, it's, it, the reason is, back in the day, and it's hard to believe mm. now, that people would be waiting outside the stadiums Oh, to throw bananas and, and bananas monkey and chants like and everything that. else. And it's just like we can be ignorant to it because yeah. we don't. Now, obviously, we're not going every other week because we're, we're here in Ireland. But you've you heard about it, or you say, "Oh, there's still one or two. But it, it, you you kind of do forget that that's that was common and it was almost accepted in grounds. Mm. Nowadays, obviously, the majority would jump on whoever it was and make sure to get him out or whatever, yeah. which is great. But it is kind of scary to think that that's the way it was and it was very much potentially in the majority yeah and there's always been that few who always have to mm. break through and yeah. be stronger than the others for for the sake of people and he did it future. just through football he didn't try to be a hero exactly and yeah. not not just not getting at anybody but he just put the head down and said well i'll show him. Yeah, yeah yeah and he did it away so yeah sad loss and a great footballer yeah he was that's the that's the biggest thing that's the biggest loss whatever but um the rest of it but yeah he was a bloody good footballer good striker yeah um are we going to go to a break? I think we are. Because I just seen something else and went, no, not enough time to talk no. about that fella. <laughs> Listen, we'll come back after the ads.
Oh, Lola there from the Kinks. Uh, I suppose this is kind of like the morbid episode today because uh, band member Jim Radford passed away during the week. So uh, obviously there'll be a few other obvious uh, songs later on. Um, but uh, yeah, that, um, that was the Kinks with Lola. Um, Liffy Sound here, 96.4 with the big kickoff. Live sport. I love it when we have a bit of live sport. Who's that? Uh, Nadal is true to the quarterfinals. He's oh. done his job. He defeated Diego Schwartzman in straight sets. Actually, no, he lost a set. He lost the second set in, in a tie break. Um, so he's into the quarter, or yeah, quarterfinals against six seed Marin Cilic. But the one we're keeping an eye on is a good old Britain, you know. Now he's a true Englishman. So, John Away, he's <laughs> Scottish with Andy Murray. So, so Andy Murray's not. No, he's, Brit, he's Scottish when he loses, but he's Brit when he wins. Yeah. But this fella, he can be a true Brit always because he's okay, English. There's no right, getting away. Right. But uh, no, Kyle Edmund, he's, number, he's world number 49. He's been chipping away over the last couple of years. Obviously, I got to see him a little bit in the Davis Cup, and that's how you get to know that there's other British players out there. But you hear his name more and more on Sky Sports News and, do, and stuff for getting to tour in fourth rounds. Now, he's never been to an ATB final, but he's still got up to 49 in the world. If you're number 49, you're decent. And you're getting well paid. Anyway, long story short, he's two sets to one up. It's three all in the fourth against Andreas Seppi. Now, I've seen mm. a little bit before I left. And this is either of theirs first, whoever wins, it'll be their first venture into a Grand Slam quarterfinal. Now, Seppi's been around for a long time. He's 34 and his face is as red. Yeah. Before, this is before I left on the first set. So it's probably another sitting in an oven today kind of stuff. Yeah, Hopefully yeah, one yeah. of them survives in order to get to the, because that's how bad some of the conditions, it's, up, it's in the 50s inside the arenas most of the week it's crazy stuff how they do it every year maybe uh, uh, who was it the Qatar World Cup maybe they should get onto them and go oh here's our air conditioned stadiums yeah, can yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why haven't the Australians because you know they're practical people why haven't they come up with the idea yet maybe because it can't happen but anyway that's a nice little segue into a little video I can see on another screen yeah but I watched Federer yesterday against Gasquet was it is that his name Richard Gasquet was it yeah Gasquet this, now this is, not, this is not from that game but it, this he, is during the week this is during the week but he played uh, yesterday and Federer was brilliant again he's just he like just, a fine wine isn't he yeah he just you think phenomenal you think he's on his way out and just when he thought he was down he gets back <laughs> up again anyhow here he is with an interview during the week is that okay his name is Will Farrell, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up for Will Farrell. Will, say hello to Roger Federer. In the immortal words of Ron Burgundy, <laughs> it's great to be here with two tennis legends, Roger Federer and John McIntosh. <laughs> Roger, tonight you seemed like a, like a gazelle out there on the court. Would you describe your game as a silky gazelle? <laughs> maybe, may, maybe not. A gazelle, don't they get eaten at the end? Not if they're fast enough. <laughs> Quick question, Roger. You're 36 years old. You seem ageless. Are you a witch or a vampire? Uh, Which one's better? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, don't, I don't like those. Probably a vampire. <laughs> now, there's a, there's a rumor in the men's locker room that you love coming to play down here in Melbourne, and your secret to fitness is you only eat wombat meat. Is that true? That is untrue. Have you ever tasted 
I have not. Should I? It is delicious. <laughs> the national food of Australia. <laughs> Roger, I know how much this crowd means to you. They're an amazing crowd. But does it get annoying when they just scream, Come on, Roger! <laughs> Come on, Roger! Over and over again. They remind me of my name. It's good at an older age if you start forgetting your own name sometimes. It's great. <laughs> Thank you, Roger. Wonderful match. Ladies and gentlemen, stay classy, Melbourne. You <laughs> stay classy, stay Melbourne. Classy. Uh, cool. but, Roger. Yeah, the tennis being interesting. I mean, you talk about Andy Murray. Andy Murray's not there. Yeah, and will he ever? He may not come back again because yeah. I believe is he going down the operation route? I think he has. Well, that's that's the new kind of line of the way they're going. Which is now, in fairness, when you really think about it, like everyone, like you know, sometimes you kind of have to go. We have less and less sympathy for sports. We are getting paid out of money, affect them, but they really do put down, especially everything. Like they put serious damage on their body. Yeah. Um, um, tennis players, it's incredible that kind of a tour, like. Um, who was it Edmund had a five setter I think and only finished yesterday or day before and now he has to go out again and as I said in this 50 degree it's got to be punishing yeah. and then you have to go out and practice the next day to make sure you're still kind of in the zone to go out the next day again and no then fly off to the other end of the world and no matter what sport yeah. you're in you have yeah. to put a lot of time and a lot of effort yeah. in over many many <laughs> years so sacrifice ha- sacrifice now is we'll go on to Alexis Sanchez in a little bit <laughs> but is the money Ridiculous. Yeah, it probably is ridiculous. But, you know, sometimes you get a, re- a reward for all your yeah. hard work. So. Speaking of which, Kyle Edmund just got a break, so it's 5-3 in the fourth set. So, only mm. deals his whole serve and he's in. And they have a new hero to cheer. He'd be going into the quarterfinals. I don't know who he'd have, but, uh, yeah, that'd be a big winner for him. And mm. big money as well. Yeah, Andy who? <laughs> okay, John Flanagan, talk. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, that's a landmine. Um, yeah. A fight with the girlfriend over the Christmas. Grabbed her by the neck, put her up against the wall, then decided to kick her. Still didn't think it was enough. Kicked her again. Somebody was roaring at him to give it a rest and he shouts expletives back. Get lost, none of your business, blah, blah, blah. Gets done for it, thankfully. I think it cost him about 160 quid in total, didn't it, in fines? 160. 80 quid fines. of one fine, 80 quid of another fine. 80 hours. 40, whatever it is. Yeah. Who cares? Jesus. That guy, if he doesn't count his blessings and do right by this and do extra... And Liverpool should make him. I'd have no interest in him. Liverpool said, We condemn in the strongest possible terms the player's actions during the events that took place resulting in his criminal conviction. It leaves his own reputation damaged and through association he has severely let down the club he had previously represented with distinction. The club Mm. has allowed the legal formalities to reach conclusion before deciding on implementing any internal disciplinary action. Mm. The internal process now begins. So it looks like that they are going to back him. Yeah, I hate that word. Now, Joey Barton was on talking about him. And he was talking about how how Liverpool cannot sack him. Okay. And the reason why, he says they have precedence before. They said he said Luis Suarez bites oh, another yeah, yeah. professional player, racially abuses racial, another yeah. player. Is charged, found guilty, and is not sacked. That's a point. He says they actually wore T-shirts for him. He says Gerard, uh, Stephen Dodges. Gerrard, club captain, had a fight in Stockport. Is in court, etc., and is yeah. not sacked. And let's look at Firmino recently. Three times over the drink drive limit, 
uh, driving a car. Did Joey Barton gets sacked for sticking the cigarette butt in your man? I don't think very, he did. very did he? dangerous and he is not sacked. Mm. He is supported by the club. The sack, John Fanagan over, uh, says over a mistake. I don't agree with that part. That's why he slipped out with. Would be down to the fact that the boy is not in the first team plans. Yes. And it is a financial based commodity decision would be hip- hypocrisy mm. so i agree i agree do. with that it's, it's, it's not a mistake it's just it's uh it's downright low thing to do mm. that's not a mistake you don't kick uh someone in the head and the stomach and etc uh your girlfriend by mistake mm. so joey barton is our line there 100 mm. percent. again joey barton hasn't had the best record ever <laughs> so he's not but his <clears throat> his point is made valid. clear and valid yeah yeah, whatever. Do. Hey, listen, it's one of them where Liverpool can do some good here. Whatever about John Flanagan, Liverpool can do some good and get his thing, get him to get his finger out and get involved in certain things that he needs to be in. None of this bury it. They need to get it out there, and this is what we're making him do. And he needs. That's my opinion of it because it's low. And as I said, you do it once, maybe the brain might kick in, going, "Jesus, what did he do?" No, he went and did it again. That's where it makes me kind of go, "Yeah, this is ridiculous." Yeah, make sure this guy never forgets it. Because let's face it, he can go back to his ivory tower and count his money and everything be happy. They need to make sure he knows what he did and he can get punished properly. When do clubs sack players and when don't <laughs> they sack players? It's getting harder and harder, isn't it? In, in a normal job, do you get sacked for that? Well, I don't, uh, I don't know HR related things, but I, I'd, find my, I'd feel nervous about my job if I went and that happened to me. I'm sure there's If you did something at home, do you think you would get sacked for... I don't know the exact the exact things yeah. in, in con- like I'm sure it's only conduct within the thing, but I'm sure they'd find a way. Or uh, listen, I'd feel nervous. If I don't know the exact thing, but I'd feel nervous. Although if you're a doctor and you go around beating people up, I'm sure there is. I'm ways sure there's procedures. Means. You know, do, do, do you want the doctor to go around mm. beating people up? So mm. yeah, I. It's yeah. one of them that I think. What have they got to do? Yeah. What have they got to do? When They're untouchable almost. I think if you're in a, such a high profile job and you're out there, mm. you have got to watch what you do say mm-hmm. and who you talk to so uh, he's I think he's a very lucky boy to have what he has but then again he could be probably let go and sold in the, in the could summer could be just anyway. let his contract run yeah. through and we'll see we'll see, we'll see look at Chet Evans he managed to get a job now listen that's another one but it just goes to show you there is ways back you know I'm not saying he's done forever but I think himself needs to be clever about what he does and Liverpool need to be clever about what they do and let it be known none of this crap of we'll sort it out and we'll slap his wrist and find him under the like behind closed doors it needs to be out there and this is what we're dealing with it because it's not good enough no and I'm nearly guaranteeing this Liverpool are going to leave it till the end of the season and sell him and that's it and he's out of the way don't be surprised that's going to happen do not be surprised okay Ryan Giggs Running down the wing, Ryan. See, his dad has showed up again, well, ironically. This is exactly <laughs> where I'm going. Oh, really? The profoundly unqualified Ryan Giggs has been announced as the new uh, Wales manager uh, with their policy for not playing friendly, his policy for not playing in friendly matches. He's come under a little bit of scrutiny, I suppose. Yeah. Craig Bellamy was in. Can I just say something? Yeah. Right? Do you think the scrutiny's gone to a different level now because media do keep an eye on social media so of course we're all on it now we're all experts so today you watch going geez loads of people are giving out about why is now just people like you and me are we influenced the media almost not on purpose but there's probably loads what's he doing he never played a friendly why should he be there that's a bit and people go oh let's do an article on this yeah i don't think half of that article i don't think half of this will be covered unless social media was around i think in a way 
Well, there's two points to that. Social media is around. So no, yeah, exactly. It, that's that's there. But listen, there's always been there's a need for more information out there, mm, mm. and there's a need for it every single day. So you look at you can look at stuff. You look at your own newsfeed on Facebook. Mm. They're stupid things. Yeah. Weather alerts for, you know, the, a drop of rain that's going to fall tomorrow. And then the, then the next day, there's another weather alert for another drop of rain that's going to fall. They're desperately looking for information to put out there all the time. Yeah. And it's no different in the sports world. They're desperately looking for stories to keep people yeah. active on their own Twitter account, Facebook account, whatever it is, their websites, you know, yeah. to get people in. So... Yeah, some of the stories are not as intelligent as others. Right, that's a fair point. That's grand. Intelligently written, I suppose. Yeah. But Ryan Giggs' dad anyhow chipped in. <laughs> and Ryan Giggs' dad, obviously, they don't, I don't, they obviously don't get on with each other. But here he, he says, I can't even bring myself to use his name. I refer him as, an, as the ex-footballer. As the eldest, he should have been watching his brother's back, not stabbing him in it. He, che- he cheated in the worst possible way and is not man enough to apologise. I should be the proudest dad in the world, as happy as Lark by what he's achieved, but I'm ashamed of him. He's put himself first. What should you get for that, mate? Yeah, and, and basically he goes on and... He's not- only made one fair point there. What's that? Like, yeah, he's never probably stood up to it because, well, if he did, we've not known about it. But it's, one, it's that one story that is never mentioned, never brought up. Yeah. And you don't talk about it. So that's I know, the only I know thing. it does because he's a legend. But exactly, he's allowed. What he's basically saying is that the Welsh team manager should be someone who's respected and looked up to in society. Mm. And he believes that his ex-footballer isn't. Yeah. I'm not going to comment too much about his opinion because let's face it, we probably know why his opinion came out because yeah. it was made for a few quid. So good and luck that's to him. exactly it. So yeah, I'm right. going to leave it at that with him. I've no interest in his opinion. What do you think of Ryan Giggs as the manager? Um, I'd be a little bit nervy if I was a Welsh fan, purely on experience. Has he got it? There's a famous video now of in the tunnel or in the dressing room for one of the games he was in charge of United and it was incredibly uninspiring and incredibly boring. Um, is he a bit too mild-mannered? Will he get up and get at them and inspire them or does he think his name alone is going to do it? Because it won't. Footballers now and people in general can get very quickly unimpressed. We, we get bored a lot quicker. They might go, oh, Jesus, Ryan Giggs, happy days. And after two or three, this guy's brutal. What if he's liked though? If you like a person, mm-hmm. you might you work harder for him. That's potentially the plan. But, yeah. And hopefully that's the way it is. But I'd be a little bit nervy if I was them. Purely because will, yeah. he, will he be good enough? Will he do the job? Gary Speed, uh, inexperienced. Oh, listen, Chris Mark Hughes Cole, was the same. Chris Coleman, Mark Hughes. Coleman had probably the most experience out of them four managers, oh, as you yeah. said. Yeah. <clears throat> and, his, and did a good job. Mark Hughes, that kind of made him. Mm. Um, and it was making Gary Speed as well. Yeah. Um, so it could easily do the same but until you see a few games you, I think there should be a right to be a little bit nervy well let's look at his un- plus you have to remember in my opinion Bale sta- stars fading as well yeah and without him they're an incredibly ordinary side again look at Ireland without Robbie Keane l- let alone way back yeah yeah, and he's not even on the same level yeah. exactly uh, look at his inexperience but the experience he hasn't that inexperience mm. I mean he's been with Manchester United he's been with you know a great manager some great coaches throughout the years and then Louis van Gaal come mm. in and gave him a, a different tint so mm-hmm. he would have good decent knowledge Yeah, it's whether he can portray, portray that knowledge across exactly it could be one of these deal of the centuries because 
he is still a bit wet behind the ears per se in experience they mightn't have had to spend crazy money on him mm. they might have spent similar money to what they did with Coleman so yeah. there's no loss for wet because unfortunately they're a bit like Ireland we don't have the money to kind of go after these top coaches and this and the other so it could work out for them plus it is a big name it should keep the majority because Welsh fans are probably going to love gigs regardless yeah. they don't care about friendlies like they're going to love him and it's initial signing happy days fair deals but um, we'll wait and see. It's one of them. You have to wait and see. But at the same time, you know, there's some decent players there. There's no reason why he can't continue on roughly in the same vein. But he'll be under pressure if Bale is fit. Let's face it, unfortunately for himself, he will be under a bit of pressure. But it shouldn't be unrealistic. There's every chance that he might qualify again for another one or two. And they might qualify for one. It's a, it's a tough gig. Mm. I think all he has to do is make sure they're competitive and hitting playoffs consistently, probably. We'll do a quick two to three minute chat on Ireland and what? the home nation. Do we have to? Quickly. When? Quickly. Just after the break. Why do, why do I have to talk about Ireland? Ninety six point four, Liffy Sound. It's the big kickoff. Now was the buzzcocks. So what do I get? What's your favourite? Ba 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 rap. Or do you have you ever had one? Because that's from the rap side, isn't it? Oh, it's from McDonald's ad. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Other fast food outlets are available. They are. <laughs> Eddie Rockets. I was in Eddie Rockets yesterday. <laughs> Other uh, restauranty outlets are I available. I am going to say Ooh. Eddie Rockets is <laughs> the most overrated Ooh. fast food or any sort of restaurant. That could be the most reaction the we'll ever get. Now watch the phone uh, lines yeah, are going yeah. bananas. Oh, <laughs> it's so. There's no taste sensation. It doesn't. It doesn't do anything for you. Like I got nachos yesterday, and I was oh, going right, go. and it was chicken. It was a, it was chicken supposed to be chicken embedded and <clears throat> nachos. The chicken was just poured over the top. It looked like he just kind of flung it over his shoulder, and it just happened to land there. I say half it landed on the floor, and there was cheese and you know peppers, oh, and Christ. and I was going. But when I tasted yeah, it, all yeah, you taste yeah, was yeah, cheese. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Lost the will now. But that's how I felt. <laughs> In breaking news, Kyle Edmund is now a Grand Slam quarter finalist. He's after beating Andreas Seppi three sets to one. Are you okay there? Yeah. <laughs> we went, anyway, we went to see. Oh, here we, right? we went to see the, the dinosaur exhibition up in the Ambassador. Listen, what, I'm going to do everyone a favour. Watch this. Keep, you keep talking there for a sec. Come on, go on. Keep talking. Go on. I have the power here. Do you want me to do it? Go on. <laughs> Time out, son. Uh, <laughs> Come on, you said we three quick minutes, which is going to be tough. Let's try and do it. Home Nations, is this where we're going? Home Nations. Right, the draw is on this week. I believe it's Wednesday. Maybe I think it could I think be Wednesday. Wednesday. So this is the new UEFA Nations League, which is another... It's the kind of combat born friendlies, but there's a carrot dangling in each group that you can get a qualification spot to the Euro 2022. Yeah. yeah, basically there's four leagues. There's yes. A, B, C, and D. A is the, the very top team yeah. seeded. B is the next level. C and technically we're in the championship. D. One, I think it's one from each of yes. those are going to the Euro. So even one of the, the lesser nations, it, one of the lesser nations in. is going to get in. Come on, okay. Liechtenstein. Yeah, well, more than likely, I think you could have uh, Macedonia. You could have uh, something yeah, like that. Yeah, but still, it's, gonna, it's a big coup. Serbia 
they're in, in Division 3 C yeah so they have a great chance of qualifying of course they do right so basically there's three pots in our B yes pot one Austria, Wales, Russia, Slovakia. Yep. Part two is Sweden, Ukraine, Republic of Ireland, Bosnia. And part three is Northern Ireland, Denmark, Czech Republic and Turkey. So we are going Can to... Can you explain what the pots are? What does that mean? So are we going to be in three groups of four? Or? No, four, four groups of three. Grant. So we will be pulled out against, in pot one, either Austria, Wales, Russia or Slovakia. Okay. Who would you pick from there? Austria. Wales, Russia or Slovakia. Ooh, Austria or Wales purely because of what we know I think Russia well Russia are a bit all over the shop as well plus oh no stay away from them they'd be I, all they'd be all doped up they all yeah, that's, <laughs> allegedly allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> and uh, Slovakia are one of them dangerous sides yeah. in my opinion so I, Austria or Wales probably I, Wales I, anyone but Russia I think we always have a I don't yeah. think we perform yeah. great against okay. Russia pot three is Northern Ireland Denmark Czech Republic and Turkey oh jeez I'd love Denmark again I'd love to see us getting hammered again no no just for the juiciness <laughs> It wouldn't it be awesome if it was Wales, Ireland, and Northern, Northern Ireland. Ireland. That'd yeah. be all, and we'd all be watching it. It'd be unbelievable telly, unbelievable stuff for us every Sunday morning talking about in the in the lease coming. One of us is going to get. I presume the winner of this little pot then goes to another little group, and then the winner of that group gets the spot. Is that the way it works? I think everyone. I think there's one, two, four, six. There's four pots of three. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Oh yeah, four pots of three, and then the top two. Our top one go into a final pot, a group of four. No, semi-final and then a final. So a little playoff-y thing. Listen, it's going to have... It's better than the normal friendlies. I'd much rather this than us playing old man in Craven Cottage. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. So, anyhow, and with Martin O'Neill more than likely signing, there's a hell of a lot of boring Did you talk about that much last week? No, a little bit, but... Anyhow, yeah, well, he... It looks like it's going to happen. There was hope there for a while that he was going. Yeah, it looks like it's going to happen. It it looks like he's going to stick around now. I I don't know where his loyalties are, really and truly, because... Mm. Was he bringing Roy with him? Uh, That that was the talk. He was bringing the whole... Because that was kept quiet, like... I think he was bringing everyone. Including Keno? The backroom staff, Keno and everything. Okay. But the thing is, is that when it was happening, he was saying nothing. The FAI said nothing. And no one was letting anything know. He was, he is happy to leave Ireland for a job that suits him. That's mm. the way it seems. Yeah. So he's not necessarily 100% loyal to the Ireland job. Yeah. No, he will be, I'd say, once it starts off again, he will stick with it and he'll get through. Well, he'll want to save face because he's got a lot of stick lately and I'm sure he'd love to slap it back in our face. Well, and do you know what? I hope he does because Ireland's more important 100%, than him. 100%. I would love for mm. him to do a brilliant job. Say, told you. Yeah. Grant, I don't care. Anyhow, we'll leave. We'll leave. Yeah, screw we'll you. Leave that. Go man. on, you shoot. You shoot. Uh, just a very quick mention. Cora Staunton, GAA women's football legend. Mm. Remember, she's headed off to Australia to play a bit of Aussie rules with... Oh, I should really have done some better research on this. But they're in Sydney. Um, she got two goals in her debut, kind of in a pre-season friendly. So by all accounts, she looked decent. She showed some strong uh, play. Obviously, she said she made a few mistakes herself because she's obviously going to be overly critical. But a good start, and you never know. Watch the space, see how she gets on. Because she's the first international player ever. Like, because it's well, I'm, I'm sure there's probably a few from the islands or whatever. But yeah, she's the first international person to come over and play in the Aussie Rules for, in women. So good luck to her, and let's see what happens. I believe it was right foot, left foot goals. So there you go. 
I know I've seen her a few times playing for Mayo. She is class. She's a quality footballer. So hopefully, yeah, it's onwards and upwards for herself. Uh, Leinster obviously looks strong yesterday. You just give that a brief mention. They're flying. Yeah. I know Darren brought up a couple of weeks ago. They they probably are rightly so the fav- one of the favourites for the Champions Cup or Challenge, uh, whatever it's called now. They're looking good. Obviously, Munster need to win today and what have you. So yeah, Leinster looking strong again. Great win away in France. Um, any other other spot? Joshua Parker has been confirmed boxing. Yeah, um, Joshua's just just the one little taking him. Joshua definitely wants to be Mister Nice Guy, and everyone loves him. But you can see him lately now because he's going up to another level. You can see the cracks where you're kind of going. You can see why you're a champion because you can see the wicked streak in him. He's got it in him, and I'm not saying he's not nice because obviously he probably is. But it's kind of like one or two people are kind of going, "This fella's not as nice as you think he is," and you're kind of going, "Yeah, you might be right." But uh, this could be an interesting one. Two unbeaten lads. It's. Two world champions, which you can't go wrong. I still yeah. think he's going to beat him. Yeah. I think there's, there's not a problem with that. But it's still good that allegedly the two best fighters in the division are taking each other on. Yeah. So that's a good thing. And I think boxing has to be doing that. What's and the name of the other fella? Uh, um, I nearly said Anthony Parker. Uh, Joseph Parker. He's from New Zealand. No, there's another fella from America. Oh, Deontay Wilder. Wilder. Like, he should be next. Whoever wins that yeah, one, should he should be next. There. And then that's somebody the can hold all five belts. Yeah. Whether it be for five minutes or not, because one of the... One of the Boxing boards are going to go, you better defend our belt next or else, because they probably don't want somebody to have all five belts on their own. But mm. there's a chance that somebody could and can stand top st- top of the tree and say, I own them all. So hopefully that's the way it goes. The winner of this one then takes on Wilder in the summer and we'll see what happens. Yeah, and then Tyson Fury can <laughs> tweet that champion. Well, he's got his license back now, so he's going to be getting back in the mix. So listen, it's great because the heavyweight division is what brings people from the outside in because they're so big and even though it's the famous cliche, they all have a chance purely because of their size. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? One punch. And that, that can do it. So listen, it's looking healthy. And just a quick mention, because the, the big boys are literally only teeing off now. Uh, Rory McIlroy just one shot off Fisher and Peters in the Abu Dhabi Classic. He's literally just finished the first hole and he's part of But Fisher and Peters are literally out this second. So we'll wait and see. But it's good to see McIlroy after such a long layoff looking so solid. He's very calm all week. He's only dropped... Uh, one shot of he's only had one bogey the whole the whole uh, three days so he's in great form and Paul Dunn is not a million miles away either although in saying that yeah he's dropped the shot <laughs> I gave him the they're course but he's, he's there thereabouts so we'll watch that space uh, keep an eye on it over the next few hours if you want but uh, yeah big money but yeah good field but he's looking good so it could be a good year especially with Tiger being around if he stays fit and gets close to these guys and McElroy is staying fit it could be a good year for golf talking about golf Ian I mean, Car- it's swear I knew. <laughs> there was discussion about Tiger Woods and, and what he could do this year. Do tell. You're all going to say I'm a, I'm an idiot. I yes, know Alex I is, is, is going to say that, but I think he could win the Masters. Yeah, I've changed it there to he could win the Masters. I or think if there's any course where he's going to compete again, it will be Augusta. He is Tiger Woods. He's certainly mentally tough. That being said, there are a lot of guys that are out there that are mentally tough. I think the field that he will see now are so much better than they were when he was in his heyday. And I think his best days are far, far behind him. Yeah. Now, <laughs> somebody stuck their neck out there. That's it. Uh, listen, can he win it? If he's on the cars, he can win it. <laughs> yeah. But will he win it? That's a tar- the old guard always still do well there because of the experience of Augusta. And I think that's where they're coming You've from. You've always seen Phil Mickelson. Yeah. You look at him all year and you go, God, he's not doing much. And all of a sudden he puts up. Yeah. He knows. Like Angle from Cabrera always does well there because yeah. it's, and as I said, Fred Couples now is back can't hold four days. Mm. But if you watch Fred Couples, literally the first two days every year, he's there, thereabouts. Yeah, yeah. And then eventually he, his body gives way. Kind of thinking is coming from 
he's been there, done that. If he's fit, if he's playing anyway, decent golf, he can fight his way to that front page. Yeah. Jesus, imagine first major, and yeah. he's there, thereabouts, and all the big boys are there. Johnson, Speed, McIlroy. Oh. If you are looking at Tiger Woods and you go on to uh, any bookies website, mm. he should be at about five thousand to one. Really? Yeah. He but has he's probably done about fifty, but he'd probably be about fifty because he's yeah. Tiger Woods. Yeah. And everyone's going to have a flutter on him. Go, I, I, I want to be. I want to say I was the one who backed him. Yeah, almost. I, I'm sticking a fiver on. Him. Yeah. No, you, they they stick a euro on him and then well, they yeah. tell you he's twenty quid on. <laughs> him. Yeah, I twenty quid. Twenty quid. Bought the house. Yeah. So Sanchez, are we going to bother? Um, let's put it this way. Sanchez. It looks like it's pretty much going to get done today, Mkhitaryan isn't it? Because he's pretty much gone. Yeah. Yeah. Mkhitaryan to Arsenal is brilliant for Arsenal. Absolutely Can I say brilliant. something? Before we hit Sanchez, if they were to get their hands on Aubameyang, is this a good January for Arsenal? Could be, yeah. Because they would have linked up as well at, at, at Dortmund. They're losing the player they lost last summer. They but just, yeah, they he just, hasn't been there. He hasn't yeah, been you're right. There. So they're actually gaining Mkhitaryan, who is a quality, yeah. quality player. I genuinely think so, yeah. If they get uh, Aubameyang. Now, the only thing is Aubameyang, I know that there's... Uh, I don't know if, if, if Dortmund have been keeping him there yeah. against, you know, his wishes or yeah. whatever you want to call it. Because he's been a hot property for a couple of years. He has. And he's been a little bit naughty over there. Yeah, and, and yeah. He hasn't yeah. been torn up for meetings and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. maybe this, that's him trying to push his way out. Because mm-hmm. I think he has for the last couple of transfer windows tried to, you know, there's been Because there's been a lot of rumours about China. And yes. that's where I was like, geez, why China? Why would you you go? Go? Come on. And obviously funny. Liverpool are rumoured because the whole club link and this, that, and you know, we're always looking for a striker. But... If it was the Aubameyang that's been banging in the goals and then Mkhitaryan, Mkhitaryan to fi- feed him as well. And of course, they're back to their best now and they're going to win the league again because they, they won last yesterday 4-1. Yeah. But you know what I mean? If they show that kind of form consistently with these two new lads, you know, they're back in the mix for the Champions League spots again, yeah. potentially. And Wenger can sit there and go, there you go, I'll leave the switches. Yeah. Thanks very much. I, but the thing is, is that it'd be great for Arsenal. Yeah. But I still think that the problem is how Arsenal Football Club has been managing, mm-hmm. managed not only from Wenger but oh, by people above, above. So see as I said to one of my mates the other day it could be down to the fact they don't have one money man they four or five yeah. big lads yeah. and maybe because there's five of them they all have to be nice to each other and yeah. agree yeah. while one guy goes come on blow it let's blow it while the others are going no we're making nice money here because some of that money must be coming out of the club well, the one thing because they've been in the Emirates for ten years now, start spl- splashing the cash one, allegedly that you should have. The one thing we got from Darren McAnthony last week yeah. was his definite vision of what was going to happen with Peterborough United. He knew what was going to happen. Yeah. He knows what's going to happen. <laughs> he me. knows if he's buying, mm-hmm, selling, mm-hmm. you know, progressing the club in a certain way, and you don't get that feeling with Arsenal. You get, as you said, you have four or five people Too many cooks. who are tiptoeing around yeah. each other. Yeah. Usmanov and Kroenke, and maybe that's the problem. Maybe one of them needs to step up and go, right, go. Yeah. I'm running this ship now. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the problem, potentially. And it, that's something that people need to look at. It's not as easy as Wenger. Wenger's hands could be tied as well. See, we don't know everything. Yeah. Wenger likes to balance the books, but I'm sure he would like to have a go at some of these top players yeah, that he's probably not allowed to. Of course he would. He'd, lo- mm-hmm. he'd love that. But at the way they're going now, we said it before, they're going to... F- Faltered away. I mean, yeah. how many points are they behind? Like the famous Champions League again. They're screwed. Yeah. They're seven points or something yeah. behind already. They're in big trouble. So, yeah, they're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, okay, after the break. Yes. Monday we are two. going to talk about Dundalk's takeover. And yeah. Well, will they take over the League of Ireland? Are they the going to be playing in the... Well, probably not the Emirates because they won't be in the Champions League, but hopefully Anfield <laughs> in a couple of years' time. But yeah, yeah, coming up after... Are we going to break first? No, we'll go for a song. Uh, this is Is There a Ghost from Band of Horses. Ooh. 
On Thursday evening, the news came through that Chicago-based Peak Six had finally completed their long-muted takeover of Dundalk Football Club. Peak Six, who also have a stake in the Premier League side, Bournemouth will take 100% control effective immediately. So what does this mean for the club and what do the supporters think and expect now? So joining us now on the line is Quivine Riley, who is sports editor of the Dundalk Democrat, to shed a bit more light in the takeover. Quivine, welcome to the big kickoff. Thanks very much for having me on. No problem at all. Let's firstly, Quivey, uh, what's the feeling around the town? Is there nervousness, excitement? Uh, well, I actually took a walk through the town there on, on Friday morning and the RT news cameras uh, were around trying to gauge the atmosphere. I asked them uh, how they were getting on. They said it seems to be quite positive and, and I think that's what it is. Uh, it, there is a sense of positivity about it because like, the supporters at this stage have had quite a a while to, to digest the news because, like, it is November since I suppose Gary Doyle was breaking the story in the yeah. Times uh, and things like that. But it is excitement, I suppose, the positivity that comes through from the owners in their statement. And, and, like, people know that these owners wouldn't have sold to anyone who, I suppose, wouldn't have anything but good intentions for the club. So it is, it is excitement. There would be a, a bit of apprehension because you are looking at. You know, this is the League of Ireland club. The, the prize money domestically is not massive. And, and if you're looking at, at maybe investors or, or, or prospective owners, that they're probably, in the end, it's, it's maybe about making money as, as, as much as, as bringing success on the pitch. So that, that's probably the, the element of the unknown to it. But generally, generally very, very positive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we know that pr- the previous owners, Andy Connolly and Paul Brown, will remain involved as ambassadors, but there's talk that former Derby County and Sheffield United CEO Maliki Brannigan will be brought in by the new owner- owners to run day-to-day matters of the club. Wh- what do you know about that? Yeah, I think that is like, that has been rubber-stamped, uh, effectively coming in as CEO, um, that to have... Um, Martin Connolly, who would be a brother of Andy, he's, he's I suppose, at the day's day, controls uh, at present, and he'll be staying on in the capacity to, to work alongside Maliki. Um, but I, he, like Maliki, is, is coming in from from what I was from what I was told yesterday. He's a guy like that. If these owners are looking to bring the club to the next level, you know, this man has worked with with English Championship clubs, the likes of Derby, the likes of Hull, Sheffield United. He's used to maybe on a match day working with crowds of 25 to 30,000 he knows what them stresses and strains brings um, and I know maybe Dundalk are not going to be expecting them gates every week but you know generally he'd be he'd be a guy of, of maybe greater expertise and, and listen it'll be very important that the likes of Martin Connolly and the guys who, who have run the club successfully for the last couple of years remain because he, 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 it, it could be a culture shock. It could be something different. He he left things to learn as well, but probably it's to it's to get that uh, greater expertise uh, behind the scenes of of maybe what it takes um, to, to run clubs on a larger scale. Yeah, and uh, and over the last couple of years, it has been brilliant uh, on the field for Dundalk, and I suppose with the players already full time, and also the manager. Can we expect more full-time staff probably behind the scenes now? Is that is that do you think that's where this professionalism is going to go? I think that's the general consensus that, that that's what's going to happen. But it's not something that is going to happen. I would say in the next month or the next three months. Like it, it, it's something that 
that's going to probably happen over time. Um, the owners are, well, an element of the consortium that, that, have, that have bought the club are expected in Dundalk at the end of the month. Um, and I think the, the expectation, the hope there is that maybe they'll meet supporters and maybe meet volunteers and, and, and a, a certain element of, of the local people to, I suppose, express and, and lay out some of their plans, probably not them all, but things will become clearer in time because it, it's, you know, very unclear at the moment. It, 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 I suppose the identity of, of a lot of the people involved has been kept watertight. Um, certainly this week, you know, the story has broke on, broken on, on Thursday there and it seems to be Martin Connolly, the, the current uh, managing director, is coming out and our general manager is coming out and, and being the, the face for, for the media uh, essentially at the moment. So I think things will become clearer in time, but the general expectation would be that, yes, the, the club would grow off the field. And uh, is there any early indications for the early plans, as in would it be infrastructure and players or one before the other? Or is there any indications what, what it's going to be? Is it going to be kind of both in conjunction with each other or are they going to kind of improve facilities, academies, kind of the, the groundwork first and then kind of improve on the players? Or? Well, one thing that, 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 one thing that has been uh, talked about Are you still yeah, there? still there. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Sure. sorry. Wasn't sure if something came across there. No, listen, the, the, the general uh, expectation would be that, you know, that things would develop and move on off the pitch. Yeah. Um, but I suppose at, at the beginning, you know, Rome wasn't built in the days, as mm-hmm. you say, like they're not going to be going straight in to dramatically upgrade Oriel Park or, or anything in, in, the next, in the next six months. Mm. Like, it's going to take time. And, and you speak there about. Um, possibly the, the younger squads and development squads and that but I think that has been very much part of the conversations that the current owners and, and, and that have had with the, the, form, the previous owners that that was, that was something that was very important and, and that I suppose community element and looking after local players as well because uh, the, the one thing that was mentioned that, that struck the, the uh, American buyers when, when they were in Dundalk um, I suppose to sign off on the agreement was that people were actually going round with Dundalk FC brand and they were going round wearing Dundalk tops and yeah. that there was there was a very uh, local element to it and, and that was something that, that evidently impressed them. But I suppose to get back to your point, the, in, like there would have been players coming into the club anyway. I don't think that's going to dramatically change now that, that there's new owners. The, the same players will probably coming in will mm. be coming in. Um, Stephen Kenny probably has his targets. There's no doubt he has his targets. So I don't think there's going to be anything that's going to dramatically change. I posed that question to Martin Connolly yesterday. Like in the present time, is this change of ownership, maybe the, the added investment, is this going to have a dramatic effect on the maybe the squad in the next couple of weeks in terms of you know um, targets might change, might move up the, the, the scale a bit in, in terms of. of the, the player standing and that, and he was expressing that you know if you go for a higher spec of player, then there's, there's added wages, like everything that, that follows with that. I don't think that's expected in the present term, and that was one question I asked him. What about Dundalk FC in the next six months? And he said it's going to be very much business as usual. So I think in the immediate term, it's, it's going to be, as he said, business as usual, and, and maybe mm. it's something that you might see subtle changes here and there. But I don't think there's going to be anything dramatic, uh, you know, in the next six months anyway 
Yeah, Quivin, what do you think the expectations are uh, from supporters on this day? It's it, it's it's hard to gauge. Um, I suppose it, it, the expectation would be that things would improve, as you say, facility-wise, and that you have yeah maybe you're able to to host European qualifier matches into deeper rounds and stuff like that. That'll be obviously one expectation. An expectation then is obviously just to look after the club and there's nothing. You know, there's nothing sinister or underlying, and mm. like I think that's very important that the club's well-being is maintained first and foremost. And um, that's a difficult one to, to gauge because expectations are already very high. You know, the expectation in Dundalk is that Dundalk win the league at this stage. Yeah. So, you know, if, if we're looking ahead to the, you know, the season ahead, the expectation is that Dundalk win the league. Sure. Been in the last three FAI Cup finals. That's becoming something of an occasion nearly in, in, in November. It's, you're always looking at the dates and, and saying, yeah, you know, there's a day out in the Aviva Stadium. I know that <laughs> I, I, that's, you know, mightn't sound great, but that, that, that's generally, that's generally um, how it's viewed at this stage. So I don't think expectations have, you know, maybe moved either way just as yes. Maybe when, when, when there's evidence of um, progression be off the field or, or that there's evidence that maybe, you know, that, that there's extra money or capital haven't been put in, maybe that you could alter expectations. But certainly, I, I don't think anything could, could get any higher at the minute, put it that way. I know it's early doors and obviously every, most of it is going to be positive but you're obviously going to get one or two who are going to start looking at the potential dangers and one thing that's been coming up the last day or two is would it be a fear of Dundalk being used as kind of like a feeder club for the other clubs that they're linked to the likes of Roma and Bournemouth mm-hmm. or has anything like that been whispered around? Well first of all uh, and, and this was another question that I posed to Martin Connolly yesterday and, and he was in agreement Stephen Kenny is the most important man in this Good. relationship, in this marriage, there's going to be, from you know, from what we're told, and who knows what could change down the line. But if there's a player that Stephen Kenny thinks could add to the squad, that's you know who they're going to go and try and get. That they might maybe suppose targets to him, but again, everything has to go through him. And I suppose that that's refreshing to hear because you see a lot of mm. clubs now, maybe in a, again a larger scale where. The manager has only a part say. Stephen Kenny has the final say at Dundalk. He has the say at Dundalk in terms of the playing staff. So um, maybe you know that, that that is perhaps a worry. It could be something to get excited about. Um, yeah. But I think it's you know very much on Stephen Kenny's terms. Um, so listen, maybe so they might recommend a player. But again, I think it falls on um, on, the, on the decision of the manager ultimately. I suppose. Now that these have come in and they've taken over the club, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Stephen Kenny now to, to win leagues and get the Champion Leagues. Probably There's probably a lot going to be more expected of him now, isn't there? Well, again, you know, that's, there's huge expectation on him already. Like <laughs> he, he got a lot of criticism last year, um, and particularly towards the end, leading into the Cup Final, people were criticising him for saying this or saying that. Like, the man is, is, is under a lot of pressure as it is because <laughs> I suppose a lot of it is self-driven but there is that expectation at Dundalk you know we we have to be at the top at this stage you know we're 
three in a row. We were expecting four. I'm not saying we were expecting four, but there was, there was that, you know, start of the season, a big build towards trying to do four in a row. There's a lot of pressure on him anyway. Yeah. And, and people know the, the, the cutthroat um, element to the, to the European qualifiers that Dundalk have been in in the last couple of years. Like, in, in, the, th- in the three seasons that they were in the Champions League qualifiers, they were put out in round two in two of those seasons. Hmm. Um, and, and that meant there was there was no Europa League fallback, and you could see, I suppose, the year that that they beat, but um, well, they got through against FH before that. But what it meant because they they, they had that up, you know, progression. It was that lift off their shoulders because there was so much pressure. People thought, yeah, you know, good team, but they're not able. They're, they're just like any other champions in Ireland. They haven't been able to Is- make that major major breakthrough and. Um, is that where sorry, in. Is, is that where the extra pressure comes in though that if they don't qualify into the round three of the Champions League qualifiers they won't get the the Europa League spot so there's that extra pressure to try and get at least to that stage isn't there because that's well, where that's where a business like Peak Six would generate the money they're not going to make it off the, the, the league prize money Oh, I understand that, but again, you know, getting into the group stages of, of either of those European competitions, again, that's not going to make them the, the the money that they would have invested in purely for. It's going to need to be something that's going to become a regular occurrence. So I suppose you're right in saying that there will be a, an emphasis, a pressure on them to do it. But again, I, I, I think a lot of the pressure will be, you know, on themselves to... You know, he'll he'll feel that he has to do a week in, week out. And also, he has to do a week in, week out because he has to win the league. Certainly, you look at the the players that Shamrock Rovers have taken in, Cork are a club certainly going in the right direction. One of his his most difficult propositions could be to try and regain the league title. So, listen, I I understand what you mean. There would be that element of pressure from the owners. But, uh, you know, that's... I've I seen how devastated he was firsthand after the Rosenberg game last year. That's pressure, that's an expectation that's yeah. ultimately on himself. So basically, domestic expectations probably won't change. It may be more, as you say, in Europe. But I suppose in another way well, for making. Domestic make... expectations can't change. Because yeah. If you're going to try. You still want to be top of the tree. Build this, um, I suppose, program or project that, that they're trying to. Yeah, ultimately, like if you're going along the Bate Barasov model mm. um, of you know taking that gamble for maybe a year or two and buying all the best players that are I suppose in the league and, and maybe taking in players to nearly form a monopoly on the league now I'm not saying that that's going to happen I, mm. I can't see that happening to be no. honest with you um, but I think domestic success is paramount to whatever expectations mm. that these owners have but just before Christmas, I think Michael O'Neill made a point because obviously he would have previous experience with what he had at Rovers and he said after two or three years they start to get the success but it's still hard to maintain that team because there still is the carrot of going over and making more money in England and stuff like that. So it's not going to be that easy of buying the best of Ireland because you might only get it for about a year and then you lose them because look at the... Obviously last year the difference when he's lost two or three off the back of the yeah. success from the Europa League. Well, that would maybe be the hope with yeah. the, um, the the money that's coming in now that you'd be able to hold on to them. Not you hold on to them. Obviously, not go to crazy extremes mm. in terms of paying wages. That, that that would be the expectation. But speaking on you know Shamrock Rovers, there probably the biggest loss to Shamrock Rovers 
was Michael O'Neill. True. Like he, he did the last time straight away, and and uh, that a succession of managers and a few terrible years after, mm. and they were given maybe managers big budgets and, and things like that to try and get themselves back, and, and things just weren't functioning properly. Like Dundalk haven't lost Stephen Kenny, they didn't lose. Yeah, and he's still a big asset. Like as I say, he's the guy who this project revolves around. Mm. So he. He's the most important man at the core of us. So, unlike Rovers, you could see this maybe becoming slightly more sustainable in long term. Because, mm. as I say, Rovers lost the, the man who created us. Yeah. Uh, well, let's look at this season. Players in and players out. What What, what are we looking at for Dundalk? Uh, I was actually just thinking this, but before I come on there, Dundalk have actually lost. Um, the spine nearly of their team like you're talking yeah. about Nicholas Vemeland um, Santa Half who was, who was brilliant last year and probably you know people particularly stood up and noticed uh, in the games against Rosenborg and Patrick McElhenney like arguably yeah. the most talented player in the league uh, when he was here maybe struggled uh, with consistency certainly struggled with injury um, but a, a fabulous player like the, the most naturally gifted player in the league and then you had David McMillan who Continually, continually performed season after season, um, and, and, and you know scored such crucial goals, particularly in Europe. And so they've lost. People will say that they've always lost a player. They've lost Richie Towle maybe yeah. first season, last season. Daryl Hogg and Andy Boyle won't have been. But this year, it, it seems to be concentrated down the middle, which you know is, is I suppose interesting to, to, to see how they're going to tweak it. Um, and, and you see with, with, with the players coming in. Stephen Follen is a guy who's come in probably to, to fill um, Nicholas Vemelin's vacancy uh, in defence. And again, a very impressive, very impressive player. Anytime I've seen him against Dundalk, I've seen him, you know, with Limerick, uh, with Sligo against Dundalk, and, and, and obviously with Galway. This last two seasons, actually scored against Galway or scored for Galway against Dundalk in the last day of the season. He's a guy who who has experience of of, of playing um, playing in England as a youngster. So. There's evidently ability there. Uh, Stephen Kenny's very confident about him, so he, he's come into that, I suppose, slot. Dean Jarvis has come in from Derry, mm. um, fairly competent left back. There to, to rival Dan Massey, who's, who's obviously been brilliant for the club, and uh, that'll be an interesting one to see who who will favour. It could be a case of interchanging between the pair because Dan Massey has been the undisputed number one yeah. uh, since joining the club. Uh, I suppose elsewhere, Ronan Murray has has come in uh, I suppose uh, there's a bit um, a bit of n- not confusion but intrigue to see where Ronan Murray will play because he would have been a striker by trade certainly when he was with Ipswich uh, under Roy Keane and, and then when he went to Notts County and when he was involved with, with Swindon Town as well certainly would have been a striker um, wouldn't have played as much up top against a uh, far Galway could have played off the left could have played in the number 10 position and Certainly with Dundalk signing Pat Hoban, he's going to be the number nine uh, the, the, like for like replacement for David McMillan. So it'll be interesting to see where they fit in Ronan Murray. And, and they are, like, it's no secret that they're at, they are looking for a striker. They are looking for another forward player. Yeah. So um, it'll be interesting to see where uh, Kenny sees Murray fitting in exactly. Um, and then the, the other, I suppose, main sign would be Lithuanian Carlos Jubedicus. Um <laughs> Thankfully, you said it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, well, it, it was it was a sign that sort of came out of left field. Because do you know much about him, Craven? 
it, listen, it, it's a difficult thing. You see mm. clips and you see um, things that he's done and goals that he's scored and goals that he's made and you're like, you know, this guy's the real deal. But again, these are highlights packages. Sure. You wouldn't have seen him in a, you know, in a consistent environment yet. Obviously, you know, I don't think Kenny would have signed him on the back of a, of a highlights package. So he's obviously done his homework on him and felt that he, he was worth the punt. Um, in terms of like his pedigree, you know, he's a, a international. international, multiple time Lithuanian international. Again, what do you read into that? You know, he played against England, he played against Scotland, he, he made his debut a considerable time ago. So the, the appearances, you know, there might have been a period in between where the appearances were, were, were pretty scarce. Um, it's a difficult one to know. Um, I think he, he's fairly adaptable around the middle, and yeah. he, he can sit back or he can play in a, in a more attacking role. Uh, what I pick up from Stephen, he's going to look at him as as more an attacking player, a different player to Patrick McElhenney, but but maybe in that role. So we haven't seen him yet. Yeah. Um, he, he he hasn't done as much training as the other guys because uh, after he signed, he, he had to go back and obviously finalise his move from Lithuania. So. Again, uh, a player that you'd have, you'd have high, high hopes for. Yeah. Uh, and how, it'd be an interesting one to see how, he, how, he, uh, how it unfolds from. How would a signing like that come about from you guys? Is there kind of people who are scouting around Europe or is it kind of something that came by chance or by talking to the right people? Or I actually think uh, Nicholas Demelin's um, agent right. uh, is, a, is, a, is a Scottish guy and he actually acted as the agent for Chivetigas for this movie. He was obviously in talks with Dundalk when, mm. when Vemelin was was um, considering a move back home or considering different offers. Obviously, there was an offer on the table from Dundalk, so he, they would have been in discussion with the agent. So I think the agent just, maybe when the Vemelin move went through, it wasn't a, a peace offer, and, but it was, <laughs> it was, you know, obviously he had a client, he was looking for a club for that client, and he obviously raised the proposal to Dundalk, and yeah. I think um, Chivetigas is I think Chivetikas is some of his family um, is based in Ireland, so it probably made sense from, from from that point of view. Things just fell into place and worked out. So hopefully the work out from uh, you know it'd be uh, it'd be um, you know he would become certainly a, a hero. If a fan favourite. Uh, Don't know how you can fit his name into a song though. Well, I think they're already trying to, to fit it into um, <laughs> Neil Diamond. Oh, Schwedekes, Schwedekes. Yeah. No, it doesn't yeah. quite. It's not the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, the club, the club announced the five-day pre-season stay in Murcia. What info have you got on that? Yeah, they, uh, I think it's, it's January thirty-first. I think the, the first game is Shanghai Shenzhen. Um, I don't think they're top flight in China. I think they'd be a League One club in China. So. I really don't know how it come about, but that'd be that'd be the the first opposition, and then the the FC Seoul would be one of the biggest clubs in in South Korea. Um, the playing down then on the second of February, so I think it's the the, the fight. The, I think it's it's based in in Marcia, um, yeah. the, the the training camp. I think the, the ball was went away, and I suppose just with the the, the income and, and the growth of the club last year, they went to Spain as well. Um, so the, the, they're just. I suppose taking time away in between because there would have been a lot of hard graft went on already uh, in training here, and, and I suppose it might just be a nice breakaway, nice breakaway um, before they get back into the action. I think um, I think as far as this is 
an indication of where not only the club but the league is going that there is more of a, an eye on uh, the League of Ireland now with so many players going across the water and maybe they're always looking for that cheaper option but with, with quality and an indication of these with these pre-season games that uh, you know people want to play the, the, mm. the Irish teams now so it's, it's a good thing just to finish off Quivine the new owners if they're listening in today what are they getting for their investment? What does Dundalk? What's Dundalk going to give uh, the town? The, owners? the town. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'd be a difficult one to ask. I, listen, I, I wouldn't say they'll, they'll be short on entertainment value. Put it that way. <laughs> um, in, in terms of in terms of watching the team play and, and maybe the atmosphere off the field, it, it, you know they'll certainly not be be shy on that. Um, I think, as I say, it'll register with them the, the community element to it. Maybe uh, the the clubs that they're working with at the minute, um, Bournemouth and, and, and Swansea or maybe Roma and these clubs, mm. they, they, they'd get booed off the field if they're beating 2-1 at home. I don't think you know that's going to happen at Dundalk. There's a real appreciative element to the, to the support. And so I think that that's going to register with them. They're going to get that. They're going to be involved in, in, in a real community. And listen, my only... My main hope is that, that they do get involved and um, as I say that things go well which they will I mean, listen you'd be very confident that the previous owners wouldn't have sold yeah, to, to people yeah. because they're, they're supporters as much as anyone else yeah, yeah. Um, well it's certainly going to be uh, an interesting year yeah. everyone's going to be keeping an eye on it and uh, we'll probably more than likely get back onto you when you've won the double <laughs> well, with a bit of hope and when you're hitting the likes of the San Siro and uh, the new camp in a couple of years well that'll be yes that'll be, well you never know <laughs> yeah in Europa League come the end of the year that, that, that would be the dream that would be the hope uh, back in Europa League through the, oh, the only thing is we have the, the long haul of the qualifiers sure. Europa League qualifiers That's through right. this time but sure listen you never know Um We'll get a few trips out in, in the summer anyway. Brilliant. Quavin, thanks so much for your time this morning. Uh, I'm sure we'll be talking to you again. Have a great day. Brilliant. Thanks very thanks much. Thanks very much. And welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. With the only three weeks now to the Super Bowl, it's crunch time. Special- three Sundays three Sundays (laughs) (laughs) especially with the nice playoffs to decide who makes the big show to give us more of an expert view on the final hurdles alleged in NFL we have Nick Price on the line to talk us through the drama that is bound to unfold good morning Nick morning how's it going how are you doing listen yeah doing great for all the novices out there the playoffs are basically the semi-finals yeah tonight is the two games of the semi-finals who have we got so we have uh, the New England Patriots uh, versus Jacksonville. Go that's Brady! The early, that's the early game. What's that? Go Brady! Go Brady, yeah, we'll see. He's got a bit of a hurt hand. I heard that. There's a bit of a potential injury scare. Could be, could be. Yeah, he said, um, was it yesterday in a press conference, he's asking, are you going to play? We'll see was the answer he gives. So, so that's, that's yes. Um, oh, it's absolutely yes. They just like, <laughs> to play, they like to play mind games over there. So uh, oh, he, it, as long as the hand's not amputated, he'll be in the game. Yeah. 
and they're taking on Jacksonville, which are kind of they're they're kind of slowly on the up. They haven't been that great over the last few years. No, so they that haven't been. They haven't been a real like. Uh, so they in a real shock win beat Pittsburgh last week. That no yeah. one expected that to happen. Um, they have a great defense. That's kind of their their kind of it factor they bring to the game. Uh, and because they haven't been that good, everyone kind of thinks of them as a joke franchise. So they kind of have kind of snuck in, and now finally people are paying attention. Uh, what I think will be interesting, the real wild card, is a couple of years ago, a guy by the name of Tom Coughlin was appointed the general manager at, uh, at Jacksonville. Now, the Patriots with Brady, they've been to seven Super Bowls and lost two of them. The two and they were they both lost, against who? The New York football giants. Who was coached by? Tom Coughlin. Yeah. <laughs> so he obviously has the formula. Uh, so even though he's not actually on the field coaching the game, I think his kind of fingerprints are all over that team. I'm surprised now the fact that you're in Ireland, you don't call him Tom Coughlin. No, no, no. We still, it's American pronunciations all the way. <laughs> never, never give in, never surrender. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously the other one is Philadelphia Eagles against the Vikings. Listen, yeah. let's not start anywhere else other than the Vikings Saints game last week. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Absolutely unbelievable. Like, like, the playoffs in general this uh, year have been excellent. Yeah, a lot of close very games. very surprising because the season, the regular season, was fairly garbage. Right. Um, but, oh, God, yeah, that Vikings-Saints game. That like, basically, what, about 30-something seconds to go, Saints get a field goal, it's pretty much done and dusted. Yeah. I mean, the um, Vikings had no timeouts. Yeah. Uh, they were 70 yards back or something. Yeah. They run a couple of plays, kind of nothing. They have one last chance. There's 10 seconds left. What they're going for is throw the ball, maybe get 20 yards down the field, into field goal range, yeah. and get out of bounds, which would stop the clock. Yeah. Then maybe try for one of the longest field goals probably in history to maybe possibly win the game. But what ends up happening, they throw the pass as intended. Guy catches it. For some reason, and I really, really feel for the guy, the uh, Saints defender, dives and just diffs it, absolutely misses the, mm-hmm. the um, receiver for Minnesota. He kind of looks confused, does a bit of a double take, and then just runs completely down the field, touchdown, game over. Uh, as he crosses into the end zone, the time expires, so it's total, there's no other plays, just walk off, game over, done. Everyone absolutely goes nuts. They're in Minnesota. Uh, it was just unbelievably exciting. Yeah, because that, that was the, the best thing about it for me because I was a bit like a nodding dog in the last the last quarter, kind of half asleep, half awake. And yeah. when New Orleans got the field going, and I job done, and I started to drift off again. And then I heard the TV going bananas again. And I actually missed the play. I had to see it on the replay. I was disgusted. But I, like obviously during the week, some of the YouTube clips of different fans in different sitting rooms, obviously the Saints ones are hilarious, but the Viking ones are brilliant where they just go oh, just berserk. Like it, it was like, a, I think they're the team's trying to trademark like... Uh, Phrases for T-shirts and things like the Mar- what are they, the Minnesota Miracle. I think they're calling it. <laughs> <laughs> has to be a tagline. Yeah, it has to be. You know. Now, am I right in saying you can answer this to me? Hopefully, seeing as you're the American expert, as we know and love, mm. no pressure. Is yeah, no. could this potentially be the first time a team will play in their home stadium in a Super Bowl? It would be the first time, oh. and I actually mm. uh, the Vikings um, Philadelphia games a lot closer, I think, than uh, the Patriots game will be. But yeah. I'd actually take Minnesota to win, and I'm kind of hoping for that. Yeah. That would be the very first time that um, – because those stadiums are decided a couple of years in advance. Sure, exactly. Play, who gets it. 
so yeah, it would be the first time that would be a home game basically for them for a team in the Super Bowl. And um, would would the tickets already be kind of already sold, or would, oh, yeah, would yeah, locals yeah, they, get their hands on them as much? No. Oh no, I don't think there's all through the rest of the playoffs when it actually is home and away games in in the team stadium. Those tickets go to fans. You sure. know, locals get the first crack. But Super Bowl, that's absolutely all bets are off. Doesn't matter yeah. where it is, like or what teams are in it, and all those have been sold for months and months and months. So if locals want it, they're going to have to pay big bucks. Well, they're going to have to pay big, big bucks. Thousands, tens of thousands probably, so. Nick. Yeah, no, uh, no automatics for that. <laughs> Nick, at the start of the competition, who, who was the favor? The start of the playoffs? Yeah, yeah. No, no, start of the season. Oh, yeah. Uh, Patriots, obviously, again, they, they're just perennial, always in mm. it. Um, so they would be probably, probably Philadelphia would have okay. been one of the favorites going into the season. Uh, now they what's interesting about them and as well the Vikings is they're both playing with backup quarterbacks sure yeah so while obviously now Philadelphia's in the uh, the semifinal in the conference championship game still like the it's kind of a tale of the backups so I think their backups perhaps not as good as Minnesota's so I think they've kind of taken a dip as far as being favorites but from pretty early in the season, they would have been looking really, really good, and I think a lot of people pegged them for the Super Bowl. And what about their uh, the past history of all four? Uh, again, for any novices out there, uh, I'd be one of them. Uh, what's the past history of all four? Uh, Super Bowls behind them, and etc. Try and put them in. This could be fun for for Roy. Try and put them in comparison to say a Premier League team. Yeah. Uh, so Patriots so United. Patriots United. Jaguars. Um, Leicester. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's say what's below the championship. Let's put them even. Ooh. Like, you know, like they, they are just. Uh, League one. That was an expansion team, so they didn't even come into being. So they've little or no history. So new money on the rise. No history. Yeah, new, MK no Dons, then. Yeah. We'll go with MK Dons. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Philadelphia um, Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles. They. Have they kind of like time. Liverpool old. Yeah, kind of, yeah, a bit old. They've had flashes of uh, yeah. of brilliance, but not in not in some time. So yeah, right. probably like kind of old, old successful, but maybe a chance of yeah. coming back. Yeah, I like right. that. So yeah. I don't want them to win. So I'm up for the Eagles, Vikings. <laughs> yeah, Vikings, a very similar team to probably uh, Philadelphia. We'll say we'll say two Spurs. Maybe. So Liverpool and Spurs yeah. there. Yeah, maybe Spurs. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, where they uh, they've been around a lot around for a long time. Have had some <laughs> successful moments, but nothing, no great runs or anything necessarily. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, we'd say Spurs for them. That's fine. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's uh, fair enough. So you happy with that now? Come on, the Jaguars! <laughs> yeah, I would, I would actually love it. Uh, <laughs> like I don't. A lot of people hate on New England in the way they'd hate on you know United or yeah, of course, yeah. Yankees, that kind of thing. I, I really like them, and I'd kind of like to see like Tom Brady's already the greatest of all time, probably. But sure. I just as a guy that likes stats, it would just be wonderful if he just had above and beyond more Super Bowls than like anyone ever. Because how many has he got now? Five. He has five, yeah. And is that a sole record, or is there other guys with five rings? I think that's a sole record. There's a right. bunch of guys on the, the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 70s had a like crazy run, kind of like the Patriots, where they yeah. won four of them in like seven or eight years. Wasn't that Bradshaw, who I know more so from the movies than actually from being an American footballer? Yeah, yeah, so Bradshaw would have been the quarterback. Yeah. Was kinda, they called it the Iron Curtain Steelers because the defense was so good. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so they might have four, but I think Brady's the only guy with, uh, yeah. as a player anyway with... with Five, and then possibly now six. I guess we'll see. So your head would say Patriots, Eagles. My head would say Patriots, uh, Patriots, Vikings. I think would be my head. Heart. Uh, 
Jaguars, obviously. Jackson, Jacksonville, Minnesota would be, yeah, that would be my You still want Minnesota? That. You still think Minnesota regardless? I think so, yeah, and I think Minnesota probably will win. I'll go out on the limb and say it could win the whole thing. I know <sighs> the lo- logic would dictate uh, would dictate New England, but um, I'd love to see the team win in their own stadium and all that, so we'll go Vikings to win the thing. Right, so obviously you're going to come into us in two weeks' time. We're going to have a bit of a Super Bowl special. We'll try and get one or two other guests in. So, yeah, we're looking yeah, forward. Yeah, great. Yeah, cannot we're looking... wait. So, yeah. one of the most exciting times of the year for... Have you got your, have you got your wings sourced for where you're going to get them from? No, I'll make, I'll, I usually make my own food. Nice. So what we'll make, what, we'll what mixes some, do you put on it? We'll get some, I'll get some... Um, I do in a slow cooker cold uh, oh. chicken, like buffalo chicken. So, I'll do that and get it on a nice bap or a, a brioche bun or something. Get that uh. going. Sit and, sit and put on Can you bring some samples in in two weeks' time in the morning? Yeah, yeah, I'll bring, yeah, I'll bring the, I'll bring the, it'll be raw at that point, but I'll bring it in. Oh, so great, thanks. Have a look at <laughs> in, ten, in ten hours, it'll be really good. <laughs> we'll have a tailgate party outside yeah. the studio. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, listen, Nick, it's been a pleasure to get you in this morning. Uh, did you have a good night last night, by the way? I did. I did a very good night, yeah. Uh, <laughs> a little bit, I'm a little bit shook, but I think I'm, I'm doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> listen, mate, we'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks' time, but listen, it's been a pleasure, and uh, yeah. Go Patriots. Yeah, after well, we'll see. Exactly. <laughs> Listen, yeah, all the best. Right. Take care, yeah. mate. Bye, bye. Thanks. Here we go. We've just a couple of minutes left before we finish up here in Liffey Sound 96.4. This is the big kickoff. Thanks to Nick, obviously, and Queeby in there. Listen, the rage that was Goodell, I can't think of his name, but Salah did it. <laughs> they literally, he got somewhere weak out of that, didn't he? Oh, he was on everything. Soccer AM, trip to on Liverpool. On he was everything. on a stage outside the back of the cup and everything. And the, the crowd were out singing Giving it song. songs. It, it was the song of the, the there's day. One, there's only one verse to it. And, and that's just it. repetitive and repetitive. Now, you know, and Liverpool have a great rivalry, as we know. Let's just say, I'm not going to say much, but this guy obviously wanted to see if he could do one better. I'm just going to press play. I'm sorry, but listen to this. This is a response to Liverpool's Fab Four song about United's defence. I don't know how, but we still got the hair. Bally, bye. Marcus Rojo. Luke Shaw and Valencia I don't know how but we've still got the hair Bye bye Marcus Rojo Luke Enough. That's enough. That's it's, enough. It's, it's upset. It's embarrassing for him, isn't it? Jeez. Um, he still has over 22,000 views on that one alone. Yeah, but I was embarrassed looking at the Liverpool fella, and then I see him. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, my. Now, allegedly, your man's God. a bit of a comedian. He's a comedian, so. Is he? Uh, it was the angle, I think. That's how it worked for okay. the guy. And he fully committed to the character, because even at Soccer AM, it was brilliant. Bullard was loving it. And he even got his little jar with the, the thing shaking, and it was brilliant. So, that's grand. Everyone's getting in on the act now. I think some fire sports fan has one out we're not playing that one but I want to play one more I'm only going to play about 20 seconds of it because God love him his voice is ridiculous he still has over 32,000 views and obviously other people have done it stay now do you know why we were contentious before Christmas it's not a Christmas song brutal yeah anyway let's just say this young fella 
we'll call him a young'un, uh, has a little one for Alexis Sanchez to the... <laughs> I'm looking at him doing his pose here. Anyway, let's just leave him at it. This is to the tune of Stay Now for Alexis Sanchez. Obviously, it hasn't worked, I presume. And, of course, it's taken forever to load. Here we go. Why won't you sign the contract? Stay now, Sanchez, you don't have to go away. No Guna could take the pain if you leave on deadline day. Stay now, oh, don't leave our club like this. You're our star player, Alexis. Nah, that's enough. That's, that's, that's enough. It's killing me. That's enough. Me. That's enough. <laughs> Do you want to see Roy get angry? <laughs> we should go Facebook Live and stuff like this. Um, right, so that's it. <laughs> I can't, I can't, can't go anywhere. You can't comment on that. Roy, seriously, uh, just stay now, Sanchez Parody, YouTube, because I, I think he's gone for it. It's and more he has the hands out. It's right. the, it, like he's the hands out. It's almost like he's trying to do the video. He's wearing his jersey and his scarf in the bedroom. I'm just waiting for his man to come in. Yeah, tea's ready, son. But it's <laughs> fair play to him. He's put himself out there. But um, yeah, listen. Thanks for today. That's it. We it a will pleasure. talk to you next week. Uh, enjoy your day. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Have a week. good weekend. Bye. Take care.